You're listening to Sports Tech Feed, the global sports technology podcast. Hello and welcome to Sports Tech Feed. I'm your host, Thomas Loams. Great to have you joining us again this week. And on today's show, we have Janice Burke, CEO, Harris County, Houston Sports Authority. Welcome to the show, Janice. Thank you. And thank you for hosting us here in your fantastic office in Houston, just over the road from Minute Maid Park, where the uh, reigning World Series champions are in the Houston Astros. So we're surrounded by we're surrounded by sports and sporting success. So that's a that's a good segue into what the actual function of the Harris County Houston Sports Authority is and, and your role there. Sure. So we started kind of during a tumultuous time uh, with Houston sports um, because the Houston Oilers had left town to become the Tennessee Titans and the uh, Astros as well as the Rockets were threatening to leave town. And so I think the elected officials during that uh, time frame said, well, we can't be the fourth largest city in the United States and lose all our pro teams. We better figure this out. And so we were really birthed into existence through state legislation and which makes us a government agency to build the buildings, to figure out how we keep the teams and, and we get the buildings built. So that was, um, 25 years ago was our main um, focus, and then as time went on, we morphed into the sports marketing agency for the city and county. We still oversee the bond debt service, which is about $1.2 billion of, of um, debt that we continue to oversee. We, c- we are the landlords to the teams, um, but then we also do the m- sports marketing. And your role is overseeing all of those functions? Correct. I'm the CEO here and been here, I guess this is my 17th year I'm going on, so... Wow, congratulations. So, because it's interesting because some of our listeners will be aware of sports commissions or similar um, bodies that have different names across the world, um, which is for some cities, it's it's heads on beds. It's just attracting people. How how many how much um, can I add to hotel revenue um, by getting more people in for a specific events? Others have a broader remit about how do we get more people involved in sports? Um, and then it's interesting that, that Houston, as you said, one of the largest cities in the U.S., um, is really closely ingrained with that those pro teams. Correct. I think we're a little different than many of the sports commissions throughout the United States because we do have that oversight of those those professional sports stadiums. But I would say that every city, big and small, has a sports focus. It might be under the Convention and Visitors Bureau. It could be under the Chamber of Commerce. Whether you have bowling alleys, golf courses, or baseball fields, um, I think every city has figured out that there is something to this niche marketing um, for bringing sporting events. And when you do, no matter what size, uh, it's bringing economic impact to your city. But you're right, many have different goals. Some are, you know, what is the what is the hotel room night count going to be for this and and how many people are going to be depositing taxes and how much and that will determine whether we're going to host this event or bid for this event or not and for us we're a little bit different because we are the community's organization and many times we're looking at events with a different angle how does this affect the community what's the legacy to our citizens and what kind of dollars can be um, made through the event that can be bu- put back into um, whether it's our parks and rec system or um, one time we did the World Transplant Games, which was for the medical community. It helped um, gain recognition and our donor registry list went up and so we saved lives through that event. So there's different criteria that we use um, when we decide. Yeah, it's really interesting. The, the World Transplant Games, we're talking about that, that off air. That's coming to Perth, Australia uh, next well, this year. We're already in 20. 20- 
Yes. 2023. That's the first time I've done that. Everyone always writes the date wrong once, at least in January. So that's my version of it. Uh, but what are some major events that are coming to Houston over the next 10 years? And and before you answer that, kind of jumping with another question is, what are your time horizons for success? I've just picked 10 years because it's a decade. Um, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a nice round number. But when there's bidding for these major events can take many, many years. And then the time from winning the bid to hosting it. Um, so thinking about, say, the Olympics, World Cup, something like that. How do you measure success and what are some examples of, of some of those events that are coming to the city? Yeah, so we have this year Men's Final Four. The NCAA puts that on um, and we're their partner. Uh, in 2024, we have uh, college football playoffs, another large event here in the United States, 2025, Junior Olympics, 2026, the World Cup. And then 27 and 28, we're looking at a BMX World Championships. We have a new uh, park, bike park that attracts these um, type of events. Uh, we are working with the Texans to see when's the next bid that we'd like to do for Super Bowl. So we're always looking in the future, so much so that I sometimes forget what year we're in because I'm always working so far in advance. But um, to your point, how much time does it take? What are you looking at? And, and how do you plan for those and get ready for those, especially when you have big major events one on top of the other? And, and in between, we have a lot of, you know, dozens of other small events. Um, and I think it depends on the event itself. So for instance, we knew with World Cup in 1994 when they were in the United States the last time that Houston wasn't even thought of. We weren't, we didn't have a seat at the table. We weren't a contender. And we knew the United States, at least I knew, wanted to bid again. Um, and so my, almost my entire tenure here, at least over a decade, we have been focused on that, that let's take every soccer event we can possibly do, whether it's an international friendly, whether it's a Copa de America, a Gold Cup, um, whatever it was, we wanted to do it, whether it was hard to sell, easy to sell, a big event that we put at our football stadium or a smaller event that we put at our soccer stadium. Let's take every event and kind of gain this reputation of being a great soccer city so that by the time we were in the bid, the FIFA bid, we had already hosted more international soccer events than any city in the United States. And that was done by design and on purpose so that we could earn a spot at the table and to at least be part um, of the consideration to be, become a host city. Yeah, it's fascinating because in uh, fans' minds, consumers' minds, it just happens. So we've just finished up in Qatar and then we're looking four years ahead to 2026 here in the United States and Mexico and Canada. Right. I'd be remiss, they sometimes get dropped off that, but it is the whole... Right. Um, the whole th three countries in North America uh, and Houston obviously is a, as a host city for, for the FIFA World Cup. So that's all that planning going up and then consumers go, oh, it, it's coming around again. So how do you, how do you, in time horizons there, but how do you actually think about, uh, I guess, legacy, but that's post event, but what about the lead up? So what's happening over the next four years in the lead up to an event like that? Yeah, and I think that's another part that people don't, the citizens maybe don't realize or the common person, like how much work it, it takes for a big mega event like this. When you're talking about the largest sporting event or at least the largest uh, viewed sporting event in the world, you the, all eyes are on us around the globe. And so we have to make sure we're ready. We have to make sure 
that um, we leave a legacy, um, we put the Houston fingerprint on it, and all of those discussions have already been happening for a couple of years. For instance, sustainability, um, human trafficking, how can we take some of these issues or challenges that we have as a city and use this great platform that we have through this morning event to make changes for the good? And all of those things are already happening. Believe it or not, we've already had several site visits just talking about the grass. When you think about it, that grass that grows in Canada or a northern city versus the grass in a southern city um, or a closed roof versus an open stadium has to kind of play the same so that it's fair play for all of the teams. And when you think about just that subject matter alone and how much has to go into um, how you're going to grow the grass in these various venues in these various different climates um, and venue situations, that is a, is, is a huge, um, just that one thing is a huge thing that people are working on right now. Yeah, it's something that you you can't really say it'll be all right on the night. You actually need to test and, and develop that. And and that perfectly segues to my next question, which is um, technology. How does technology and innovation impact these events? So thinking about the World Cup, probably grass is not the, uh, the first topics that someone will go to, but it certainly is something that a lot of technology and innovation um, come into. Uh, I was talking to a Dutch company last month that provide the lights for a lot of soccer stadiums in the US for being able to grow them. Um, the the kind of UV lights like right. that's a whole that's a whole kind of it's like it's whole thing within yeah. the event right <laughs> yeah yeah exactly and there's there's certainly a lot of people that get a lot more excited about grass and lights and stuff than I, than I ever could but um, that's that's kind of a I guess a, a boring example or more of a, a minutiae example but do you have some some more examples in that either small picture big picture around tech and innovation. Yeah, well, we have the world's largest medical center right here in Houston, and so we offered up, you know, that expertise as, you know, whether it's head concussions or, you know, how do we use our technology and our knowledge here in our city to help um, with the game and some of the challenges that are with the game. And we do that every event that we have, whether it's take world weightlifting championships that we did many years ago and um, hadn't been in the United States for over 40 years and when you looked at the background that they normally had was a static banner type background and we wanted to um, to really create an environment that the American audience was used to with video boards and tunnels that the athletes would walk in very emotional and walk up steps and and kind of create that environment that they weren't used to it was really scary back then um, to think about what was going to distract the, the lifters who have to lift the equivalent of a refrigerator over their head. We don't want them to be distracted. And so how do we incorporate those things or these different camera angles um, and, and create a good event but keep the history of the event and make sure that the athletes are safe? So we're always looking at that innovation side. And I'd say with soccer, it was really interesting when I was in um, Qatar and we went and looked at, you know, just the innovation with the chip in the ball and back in the technical room where they're watching everything with, you know, all of these different camera angles. And before the score would even change, they were double checking and looking at that in this technical room. And that's why you saw a little bit of a delay when the before the score would go up. And really interesting stuff. And of course, we want to be on the cutting edge and use our innovation and, and the the people and the talent we have here to do something special with World Cup. And, and so, is it because obviously FIFA is the is the organising um, 
body and then you have the local committees in each city and then you have also the national federations that are involved and there's there's lots of different moving parts is it one of those things that some of the events you can have more of a hand so the, the weightlifting one for innovation and tech and there's other ones where you go well this is stuff that they're doing the areas that we own and operate say around the stadiums fan zones things like that um the lead up the legacy afterwards where you step in yeah i think that to some extent the rights holder or whoever owns the event whether it's national governing body the international federation um, a private owner of an event to some degree they always have the final say but we try to um, come at it with a different angle because we don't necessarily have the same history with the sporting event that you know we can look at something and say well why are you doing it that way I know it's been done 100 years but tell me why because here's what we see as an outsider and sometimes bringing that fresh perspective as where we can help move the sport to a different level or put the Houston fingerprint on it like you said whether it's an areas where we have a little bit more freedom in a fan fest for instance um, or a backdrop um, like I just described with the with the weightlifting we we did something similar with table tennis table tennis had never been outside of Europe or Asia and that had never been held in the United States before it was the very first time and so we use ping-pong diplomacy and, and because it was the anniversary the 50 50th anniversary of that and so we used that whole message and we brought in a whole different political side of government officials that were really excited about this and the Chinese American market here and sold 30,000 tickets to this table tennis event that had never been in the US before but wow. we used technology um, and we Americanized a little bit of um, making it an exciting sport for our market here. And is it the relationship with the pro teams that helps with that? Like, is it one of those things that you will leverage, say, the Texans or the Astros, the Rockets, whoever else, to go, you do this day in, day out? I, I don't think I'm, um, I'm kind of exaggerating too much when I say American pro sports and the spectacle is the best in the world um it's certainly what a lot of the leagues around the world try and emulate and that kind of experience uh is it is it something that you actually leverage those groups like how how do they get involved in something like the world cup well yes and in the venues are involved many times so for instance college football playoffs that we're hosting next year is looking at one of our venues to host the concert normally the concert might be held in a park or outdoors but we have one that is just a block away that is the perfect size and so um, we get involved with our teams and our pro teams on many different levels whether it's hey let's partner together and use the venue or using some of the ideas that they bring to make these events exciting um, bringing that to some sporting events that are 100 years old you know that maybe maybe have never thought about how to to uh, present the on the field of play in a creative way yeah, yeah, definitely. So that's that's the lead up and then the execution and, and legacy, which um, I, I kind of have a complicated relationship with that word because sometimes I feel like sports overstates what it can achieve uh, and then sometimes sports goes the other way and undersells the, the good that it can do either around the margins or, or, or actually in the core of, of some of these large-scale gatherings of people uh, and just everything that go into it. I mean, the amount of business that, that is done around major events, uh, any of the ones that you've mentioned, 
the kind of the economic impact that it brings, just bringing people together in its purest form, all that kind of stuff, there's opportunities there um, to be taken. The other side, it's not going to cure world hunger um, and it's not going to necessarily find a cure for cancer. But how do you how do you set a an ideal on what you want to achieve f- as a legacy? Um, and then I guess how do you track that once the circus has left town? Yeah, it's a really good question. Um, you don't want to overpromise what because really what we're about is yes bringing positive economic impact and creating an event that families can come together and have memories and make memories and special moments and bringing communities together all of that is great and then when you talk about what can we leave behind that will matter to our community that we have to do a deeper dive so I'll give you an example final four back in 2016 we were trying to figure out how can we involve the future students that are going to become college athletes. And, and that was really a passion for the NCAA. And for us, it was, hey, we can fill the practice arena and get more energy in there and use that time for these kids that maybe would never be able to afford a ticket to go inside the stadium. So how do we, you know, get both those goals? We were talking to the Houston Independent School District and they said, look, we don't know, but we just have trouble getting these kids to read. Many of them come from a single family home. They're not read to early in the, in their, um, you know, preschool years. And by the time they get to third grade, if they're not at um, the the right reading level that they're going to struggle the rest of their um, their their school career right and so in through those conversations realizing gosh they really need help here what can we do and how can we make this fun and so we created a read to the final four that when March Madness started and and the brackets are are, are open the kids started logging their minutes and they had an incentive because the final four schools that won that logged the most amount of minutes were going to get to come out to the stadium and they were going to get to you know walk on the floor and they were going to get to you know partake in some things that were really fun and then the final school was going to get a check and get books for their library different things to to um, to kind of bring that full circle Well, it was hugely successful. It was a great incentive. It was a lot of fun, and it really caught on. And so the NCA then, from that point forward, said, we're going to do a read to the Final Four in every city we go to. And so think about all of these kids, all these years that we've affected. Well, come 2023, this year now, it's come full circle. It's back in Houston. We haven't hosted since 16. And this program has grown so much that we had to hire a full-time person now just to oversee it. And we now have... 11 school districts and millions of minutes being logged by these kids and it's just become bigger and better and that's a true impact and it's measurable yeah yeah yeah. and i mean literacy that's a that's a huge huge issue and it's i guess that that fits in the the sweet spot as what i was saying it's it's not necessarily solving solving the problem i think that sometimes is the the ambitions can be too lofty and then when they fall short there's a sense of there's a sour taste or a sense of disappointment rather than going flipping it on its head and going how can you contribute rather than just fixing fixing something so that's that's really interesting and great that the uh, NCAA saw the value in it and picked it up and carried it yeah and I think you know over and over again every event we do we look at that we did an international rugby event 
when rugby wasn't super popular even in the United States yet, but we took it on and we said, let's do this and introduce this. We're such um, an international city and we had great attendance. But there was a famous rugby player that was um, dealing with ALS. And so we worked w again with our medical community and said, what can we do together and let's have an ALS day and a portion of the proceeds of the ticket sales will go to help um, with research. And so it's always different and it's always, it could be that um, money left over from a, an event is going to help um, add uh, green space um, for kids to play in. It could be when we added the BMX park, um, the world's largest bike park, we created uh, a program where kids could come almost like a library card and they could check a bike out and a helmet out so that they weren't looking in. Um, uh, if you look around that area, um, these are at-risk kids and many of them didn't even know how to ride a bike and so we didn't want them looking in over the fence saying gosh I wish I could this was built with tax dollars in my community but I can't I can't participate and so we found a way for them to participate and our goal in 2020 before um, the pandemic hit was to reach 20,020 kids in 2020 um, and teach them how to ride bikes and we did we hit that goal before we closed down um, with the pandemic because there was such a need in our city Fantastic! It's the lowering lowering the the barriers uh, to to actually accessing that, which a lot of the time is the the physical materials um, that's seen there. So, really, yeah, really exciting. Th this one's this is kind of coming back to the technology innovation um, angle, uh, obviously near and dear to my heart. For companies that are providing solutions that that are looking to work here, is there? Is there advice you would give from what you've seen working well um, at events and through that and then selling into either the teams or the governing bodies or the local committees or, or whatever that is? How is how are they best um, able to position themselves in terms of selling in and whether that's saying, well, what you're delivering and the outcomes or if, is it purely one of those things of getting to the right person? Like how, how, can, how can they get, a, I guess, a head start? Yeah, and I think that technology, whether you're talking about, we use a, um, a platform for our volunteers, or you're talking about a start-finish line technology, a chip in the shoes of runners, whatever it is, if someone has a good idea out there and it can be brought to an event to make enhance an event, make an event better, make it um, more fair, whatever it is, that technology, we embrace it. Um, that's part of our, our culture and value statement here is to embrace innovation, push the envelope, and to be thinking, what can we bring to this that is different? And so I would suggest everybody that writes to us through our um, HoustonSports.org website, we answer every, um, every single one of those messages. Somebody looks at it um, many times a day so that we ensure the community that we're responding to anything that they they want to talk to us about but if someone has a good idea or somebody is in that technology space and it's something they could bring to the table that we haven't thought about we're always happy to listen just go straight for it and and you have the have the relationships as well locally so that the opportunity can share it around um final question for you or second to last question sorry so Texas as a state, for those that don't know, uh, is just a business behemoth and Houston is, is one of the largest cities and I think 24 out of the Fortune 500 companies here, as you said, big medical um, community, obviously space, um, a lot of people, that's, that's internationally at least, that's where their brain goes to and then the energy sector as well. And then of course sports. 
Um, and I think the Texas GDP last time I looked, it's ninth in the world. If you took it its own, it's like slightly it's larger. Huge. Right. It's either just be- just behind or just ahead of Italy. Mm-hmm. So it's top ten. Um, so a huge amount of opportunity here and that's something that I tell a lot of people uh, when they're looking to set up uh, businesses is the classic thing is, oh, well, I'm going to go to Silicon Valley, LA or New York and you go, well, there's this little little place called Texas that you might find a home. So is that something as well that businesses are looking to relocate or develop here um, should reach out? Yeah, for sure. And we have a lot of programming. Um, it's been a real focus for Houston. Even our World Cup, we have a whole innovation institute that we have set up. And um, we have many people around the table from different angles of what of uh, the, the whole, um, I, I guess, the whole technology side of things, whether it's medical or it's computer or whatever it is, um, kind of working around the table saying, okay, here's some things we think that are reasonable that we could do by using the platform or World Cup. So um, very much, I think that anybody interested in relocating, um, it's definitely uh, one of the more reasonable places economically to live. And there's um, some great incentives. Our mayor is is really big on this right now. And we have a uh, a lot of uh, great things we can offer for those companies that want to move to Houston. Great. And so 17 years in the making uh, to get the World Cup, you've got that, you've, you've summited that Everest. What's the next Everest? If you could, if you could say you which, wish list of your top three, I mean, unfortunately it doesn't get much bigger than a FIFA World Cup, but out there looking ahead, is it, where, where do you go from here? You know, we're always creating new things we have um a battle of the bands where fifty thousand people every year come it's become an annual event where we bring in the historically black universities um we've created an opportunity for our students in houston to be able to meet with 23 universities around the country um, that are interested in them and they might be the first ones or the first time um, anyone in their family has ever been interested in going to college and getting a degree um so we started a Houston Sports Awards. We never had one here in a Hall of Fame um, because we have so many Olympians and professional sports players that call Houston home or that came through Houston that had had great careers. And that's been going now for several years. We use um, those dollars that are created from that event go into scholarships for kids that play sports but come from single family homes and um, from all diverse kind of backgrounds. We, every time we get around a table we're talking about what's next what can we do what can we create what can we build upon that we're already doing that not only reminds people that we're this great sports city that hosts really fun events to help families create memories but also impacts our community in a real way and last year was our 25 year anniversary we did things like we worked with the arts community and we created a fountain that was um thousands and thousands of little pieces of tile but it all made a beautiful picture of of, of various um, sports figures that have had their careers um, wonderful careers here in Houston and so we're always looking for new and wonderful ways that we can really just touch the community sports whether you're a sports fan or not either your kids play sports or you're into exercise or you like to go to a game, you like to see a World Series, you like to come down for a parade. There's always a way that sports touches us in a unique way. Um, Nelson Mandela said it best that governments and other 
um, entities and nonprofits um, cannot possibly reach as many people as as we can through sports. Well, that that belies the real heart of what you're doing, which is community. Because I and that that also belies that I'm a bad interviewer. Because I was asking, well, what's what's bigger and better in terms of events? And I, I really appreciate that your answer was no. It's not necessarily that. It's that's not what it's all about. It's not just what is the biggest possible thing um, that we can have here. It's actually what's the biggest possible impact that we can have. And that's not always um, just saying the biggest the biggest event. Obviously, they're incredibly important, and they are going to make a huge economic impact and a positive impact in other ways. But it's that's that's really good to to hear. It's it's around the community as well. So, final question before I, I let you go is: uh, What's your favorite sporting moment of all time? Oh, wow, that's a good one. I've been to a lot of wonderful sporting events. I have to say, though, it was my very first time experiencing World Cup in Qatar. And when I watched, you know, we were going to the USA-Iran game and watching everybody, and it was, I'd say 75% of the audience was um, from Iran because of the part of the world we were in. and Slightly closer, yeah. <laughs> and, um, and watching just everybody peacefully and you know wearing their flags and being excited and dancing together outside the stadium before they went in and congr- and saying to each other hope you have a great game we hope we win but we hope your game is good and watching that was really special for me it hit me in a in a different kind of way than any event I've ever been to so I told my husband because um, I've been to uh, Stanley Cup finals I've been to parades I've been to world series super bowl I've been to so many events I've just um over my career I've been really fortunate and blessed to have seen a lot but I said to him I said this is probably the best thing I've ever experienced he said wow that's saying a lot (laughs) because we've we've uh, we've been to many things well we look forward to attending it in four years right here right here in town in, in Houston Texas so Janice thank you so much for your time really appreciate it um I'll put the uh, the website in the show notes. So if people that are working um, in technology looking to see how they can get involved here. Um, I also will give a plug uh, to Sports Innovation Texas. Um, so that's the group that I founded, trying to be the uh, association for the whole state and connect amazing stuff like what you're doing with the Houston um, Sports Authority with other things around, around the state because there is so much going on and as long-time listeners to the podcast know, this is something near and dear to my heart. I'm sure they're sick of me kind of banging on about it, um, but it is, it's a, it's, I think it, it's the heart of, of sports and sports innovation in, in the United States. I, I truly do believe that. Yeah, and we can do a lot of good, I think, um, it, whether it's sustainability issues, green issues, whatever, technology plays an important role. So keep up the good work. Thanks, Janice. All right, bye-bye. 